0: Welcome, everybody, to the first episode of the MantownFootball.com podcast for this season. We are joined today by The Real Z. Can he please stand up? Kev, introduce yourself.
1: How's everybody doing?
0: That's the worst (laughs) introduction of all time. If I had more time, I'd cut this shit out. But we're also joined today by Turtle and Coach. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Glad to be back. Turtle's been paying $15 a month for this for 2 years and we've now recorded our first podcast. Huge news this offseason though. Kev and Tony have won one of the biggest dynasty fantasy football leagues in the world. They won the FFPC 2500. Guys, tell us about it.
2: Uh like what do you want to know? Like we won, we massacred the competition and we won a lot of money. Uh all thanks to the work on this podcast and the great advice that you know, you guys have given us that we provide to, to the three listeners. So I don't know. What do you want to hear about?
0: I don't know. Was there anything remarkable that you guys did that you guys could could pass along? Any, any strategies that have changed throughout the years in FFPC that really led you to this title?
2: God, we could talk about the strategy changes over the years for about half an hour. But I'd say last year we finally bridged the gap between trying to have a young core and then, you know, actually deciding to try to win some money and, like, making sure that we didn't just go for upside guys that we think would be good. We kind of started to focus on guys that are actually good.
1: Uh, I don't know. Kev, what do you think? I think that was definitely part of it, but I think uh, we made a brilliant trade, and I'll give you credit for that, for I <laughs> pick that turned into Saquon Barkley, which uh, definitely helped us win a championship.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't think you win championships – in in dynasty leagues without getting great production from your rookies but you have to have the top rookies and we got pretty lucky in a couple of spots we ended up with Barkley and you know years before we had we got guys like McCaffrey so um we've always kind of been a competitor in that top league but we've also always tried to swap picks or trade for other future picks which you know kind of allowed us to get the elite rookies which if you have Barkley on your team, you're feeling pretty good. So, Coach, would you say that less
3: Dante Moncrief and uh, Devontae Parker is more?
2: Yeah. You know, I, I think I would have to say that. Unfortunately, I still own Moncrief pretty much everywhere. And we just got our Feed Moncrief t-shirts in with all of our extra winnings. So it's a four, you're four years late on the pot, but this might be his year. Yeah, I mean, every year so far since he's been in the league has been his year. I think the only difference is like this year in the past, in the past, like we were so excited about guys like that, that we had start them for like the first four weeks, just hoping they would perform. And this past year, like we started guys who actually have already caught passes in games. So that was a, kind of a big strategic move that we have kind of grown into doing after a few years. I'm not giving up on Moncrief yet.
1: We still have him in a few leagues, so not this one, but not the big one, but uh, feed Moncrief
0: this year. One thing I've noticed from you guys, from kind of watching you guys closely over the last like two or three years, is just it's not even just getting one first-round pick and then having that pick turn into Saquon Barkley. In order to do that, you need to have multiple first-round picks, and you guys are just such pick accumulators that it gives you so much – flexibility in the rookie drafts and then it gives you so many shots at getting those high 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 draft picks that turn into Ezekiel Elliott that turn into Saquon Barker that turn into Christian McCaffrey so I mean you got shit you're in a startup right now dynasty super flex startup you guys have eight first round picks for next year I mean that class is supposed to be loaded imagine having eight first round picks last year like you would just be cleaning up you could have you could start four running backs that are in the top 10 realistically so that's just something i've noticed and learned from kind of you guys don't have the balls to do it but awesome nevertheless
2: well i think we've kind of at at least doing all the startups now we've kind of agreed that this is the best way to go and i think part of it is the freedom it allows you to miss on draft picks i mean kev you're gonna follow this up but You know, I was thinking today about, you know, we're in the middle of the draft. We only have seven players. We're in around 11. Um, But if we missed on two or three of those players so far, it doesn't matter because we're going to fill our roster with seven rookies. So, you know, if you don't have those rookie picks and you miss in five out of your first 10 picks in a startup, you're not going to win for two years if you don't have anything, you know, to kind of fix that. So. And that's what makes me feel good is that no matter how you draft, if you, if we draft really well right now, then we're going to crush it for years. And if we drafted poorly, we still should be okay. So I think having those rookie picks in the startup kind of protects you from totally failing, which we have, you know, in the past, I think of the 1250 league, like where we started off with Gio Bernard and Eddie Lacey as our first two picks, um, which has set us back. And I don't think we've cashed in that league yet, but so, I I definitely feel that way in terms of the startup. Go ahead and talk about the startup,
1: Kev. Yeah. But I think that one of the things to even just not only the startup but the other leagues too, having those picks, gives us the flexibility that if we are competing, we can turn one of those picks into a player that might help us out that year. And and you, you, you've done a good job with that as well. So I think that, you know, having that flexibility to be able to do that, even look at the the guys we got in the startup so far this year. I mean, they're not terrible picks. Yeah, we only have seven guys and 11 rounds, but, you know, we'll, there's there's a ton of guys out there we still like. And, and, and just really those picks just give us the flexibility to be able to do a lot with the teams.
0: Yeah, I think um, as long as you can get those first round picks and you don't end up in a draft like this year's, because I don't think even if you have eight first round picks this year, it's going to really do you too much good. So as long as you can anticipate the the class going forward, and all signs point to twenty twenty having, especially in a super flex league, multiple quarterbacks that should be first round caliber, and then multiple running backs that could potentially be first round caliber. And I think having a good majority of those picks in the round gives you really really good chances of getting a top ten dynasty QB and a top ten rookie running back. Hey,
2: one well, so
3: coach, with, with those picks we. That Eddie Lacy comment, was that the first time you fell in love with him in Green Bay or the second time you fell in love with him in Seattle?
2: No, first time. It was the first yeah. time. It was probably four years ago in the startup. We just totally butchered the startup. And we also, another big thing that we have learned, which I think you guys are in the process of starting to figure out, is we when we first started FFPC, we drafted uh, freaking Julius Thomas in like the 10th round of the startup and people thought we were crazy and we hit with him but that kind of led us into really loving tight ends and tight ends are just not really a successful option. So, you know, we tried to fill our next team with two or three valuable tight ends and we wanted to start them in the flex spot. And they're just so volatile week to week that we've kind of learned, I mean, the teams we made money on this, this year um, our starting tight end for, you know, the big league was pretty much all year. And we had, I think we had Vance McDonald twice, like we had him, used him a little bit, traded him, and then traded back for him again later, Um, which neither of those guys had great years. And then the other league, I think it was some combination of Trey Burton and, and Jordan Reed. And that's not something to write home about either. So I think we've kind of realized that, you know, we don't need to really focus on tight end um, that's kind of a position that we chased way too early in the past.
0: Well, hey, it's kinda of
3: sad that we are focused on tight end and we still have Delaney Walker and Vance McDonald well, and hey, Tyler everywhere.
0: Let's go around the turtle the, the table. Turtle first for for me. What do you think the ideal lineup is in FFPC? Like to fill all your positions.
3: I like I mean, I would like three I would like two RB ones, uh an RB two with an RB one ceiling, and then two, I mean, obviously, like, a, a RB, no, wide receiver, one. I like. I think two, you have to have two solid running backs, two dope receivers, two dope running backs, and then your flex, I think you got to do a running back and a receiver, and then one tight end. I don't think you go two tight end.
0: Do you guys agree, Kevin, Tony?
3: Kevin, you go first. I can, I completely agree. I mean, I can't,
1: I can't justify uh, just because it just hasn't worked for us necessarily it, with the tight ends. It's just, you know, we're looking for that tight end to, that we can just serviceable tight end. For us, and you know, it's it's weird that our teams have had a combination of, you know, some of the 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 running backs or the wideouts. But I I really feel like our wideouts, the wideout heavy teams, have, have kind of helped us out more so.
2: I was also thinking about this today too, where um, I think we really still and like evidence in the startup we currently have. You know, it's a super flex. We have two QBs, four receivers, and one tight end. Like, we're still trying to build our teams around receivers. Um, you know, it made me think of the old UTH stuff where they talk about, like, the QBs, the fuzzy dice of the team and all that stuff. Like, I think, I think Kevin and I have kind of shifted into, you know, the last piece of the puzzle is running back. Like, that's the last piece. It is the most important, but, like, until your team is ready to win like running backs don't have such a high shelf life. So if you get them first and then you try to fill in the gaps by the time your team is really good, the running backs will be dead. So I think the, the plan that we have and we've executed really well is really build a great core receivers, like six deep so that we can start for every single week if we need to. The uh, question was about your lineup.
3: What? Well, no, so that's an old lineup.
2: Dude, I was literally about to just say that. So like, if, if we have to start four receivers every week, like that's our plan. But if we get a really good contender, like the ideal lineup is four running backs, two receivers and one tight end. And if we have teams good enough to do that, that's what we want to do. Um, so, you know, I think like on the 2,500, we're starting David Johnson, Barkley and McCaffrey every single week. And in addition to that, we have Henderson and Damian Williams. And I think, week one we'll probably look to start Damian Williams if he's going to be the guy, which means we're going to bench one of our really good receivers and probably two good receivers. So, I mean, I think you have to build your team with a lineup of four receivers in mind, but then when you're ready to win it all, like when it comes week 15, if you're going to win money, you're going to have four running backs that are starting running backs in those slots. And that doesn't have to be at the beginning of the year because you know, we just said Damian Williams. We won a lot of money this year because Derrick Henry got hot and because Damian Williams was a stud. Like, those guys aren't guys that carried us in the first eight weeks of the season. So, um, yeah, I think we build our teams around receivers, but I think the, the guys that score the most points now in football the past couple of years have been running backs again. Did
3: you did you make trades for Henry and Williams at that point?
2: No, we had Henry, and we were Williams starting up, right? The first week that Henry blew up, we didn't even start him. Um, That big game on Monday night, he was on the bench for us, which everyone had him on the bench. Um, And then Williams was on waivers, and we almost weren't even going to add him, but we had the most money. And we added him as a block. And uh, week 15, I think it was week 15, I remember the conversation. We were on the phone, I was on my way home from probably basketball. And Kevin and I were saying, everybody has this guy ranked. As like the 13th running back this week. Like, do you want to start him in our flex spot? Like you remember that conversation? I do. I was like, we really probably shouldn't start him. Like we have we had someone like Sony Michelle. I think we started him over Sony Michelle or somebody else, and we said like everyone has him ranked high. He scored like two touchdowns and we were just, you know, loving
0: life. So let's let's transition out of this because um I, I used to think like two and four, two running backs, four wide receivers was the ideal build. But I'm starting to think three and three or even like you're saying four and two, if you can get a, a good enough uh, quality, like four running backs. I think that that's the ideal ideal because the, the, the um, floor it gives you. I mean, every week you're putting up 120 plus if you're starting four dope running backs. But talking about Damian Williams, I noticed you guys own him a bunch of places and haven't sold him. I would have got the fuck out of there. Turtle, would you have got the fuck out of there?
2: You bet your fucking balls I would have gotten out of there.
3: <laughs> As a Carlos Hyde owner, almost everywhere, thanks to my boy, Matty, uh, AZ Ron. Yeah. Um, you know, I honestly, I am rooting for Carlos Hyde to win that job. I just am not a, a fan of Damian Williams. I feel like his his peak, that he, where he was, like right after the season, I would have sold him because, you know, to dodge the draft and then to the dodge free agency, now he's got to win the job. I mean, he's, it's going to be his job in camp. He's got to hold off somebody at least. I mean, that's not something I want to, to deal with for somebody that picked up off the waiver wire and could have easily shipped for one, maybe even two future firsts.
2: I mean, here's the deal, guys. Like, if I wanted, like, fucking bland, fancy advice, I would just turn on Tim Torch and listen to that nonsense. <laughs> like, we we tried to trade him. Like, we tried everywhere to trade him for a first. And we so hard. Him.
3: There's a soft so, spot there, huh? Because so you couldn't – that's our fault because you couldn't make the trade? It's ours because you're so prude. You're going to put that on us because we, we don't agree with you. Listen, we blanketed
2: him. We, still we blanketed him man. for a first. In the league in February, we couldn't get anything. We blanketed him for a first in April when a bunch of new teams took over, still couldn't get it. And then we decided, screw it, we'll trade Sonya Michelle instead. And we turned Sonya Michelle into David Johnson. And we said, all right, we'll just stick with him now. And now that there's no competition other than Hyde, which, by the way, we tried to get Hyde to cover our bases because, you know, Kevin and I are like, we want the whole team. We want both running backs if there's any kind of debate. And, like, that guy wanted a first for Carlos Hyde, so we're pretty much just stuck rolling with it here. I mean, the good news is we have three future firsts, so if he's a bust, I think we'll live.
0: Hey, Kev, what are the odds that Carlos Hyde takes that job over?
1: Right now, I, I'm a, I'm a Damian Williams believer, so I, I, uh, I think the odds are high. That's just me. I know Turtle's not going to be happy about that, but... Um...
3: Shaking my fucking head, Kev. <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, I don't think it's happening.
2: But let's Listen, go. Here's, here's the irony about fantasy football, guys, is that we have Hyde in a bunch of places, and so we couldn't sell Damian Williams for a first, and then we tried to buy Damian Williams for a first in a few leagues, and we couldn't buy him for a first. Like, that's fantasy football. We tried to do the right thing and own both and pay up for him. We tried to overpay for him in some and couldn't even do it. And then we tried to get what we think – is an overpay as a first and we couldn't get that so like we're pretty much just kind of screwed like you sometimes you have to take unfair value and just kind of let it let the chips fall as the, as they will
0: so another guy that you just mentioned sony michelle where you traded to get david johnson i mean i that's another guy i would have fucking ran for the hills and just sold his ass what are the odds that harris takes over the that job like what are the odds that sony michelle's leg has to get amputated and he can never play again
2: I mean, I I don't love the player anymore. We still have him in a few spots. We we sold another share of him today. Like you guys, you guys didn't acknowledge how you felt about that. Galladay and Michelle are two guys that we we think are as high as they'll ever be. Um, I think we overpaid probably for carry-on because I think he sucks too. But uh, oh, oh oh, we also have twenty five guys in that league and are gonna need to get down to twenty. So we're just trying to package up as much as we can. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't know. I also think that there's a chance that Sony Michelle has like an RB top five year because Bill Belichick just decides his knee's not going to last much longer. They should just give him the ball until he dies. <laughs> like, seriously, isn't that isn't that something that's in the like, OK, if they decide he's Jay Ajayi and he's not going to last more than three years. Well, we might as well run him into the ground this year until he's dead and then let Harris take over. Well,
0: I
1: mean, I- the whole problem I think with with just the, the Pats running game in general, just like all right, so they had Sonny Michelle. It's like if you have Sonny Michelle, you're like, Oh, this is awesome. And then they drop Damian Harris and and then and then Sonny Michelle is like people are questioning his health and it's like oh, what's going on here? So I, I I I don't know what's going on with Sonny Michelle. We, we we did get rid of him again today. We actually did try to actually get Damien Harris today, but we, we lost out on that as well. So um I mean we're just gonna have to see where it, where where it pans out.
0: Well, I'll tell you, anytime there's a guy, regardless of the name, that is in the league for one season, ha- now has two knee surgeries, catches three balls in his first season, and then gets a, f- a running back draft in the third round right behind him, I mean, I'm I'm probably going to just get the fuck out of there. But I
2: think he's going to catch I, – I still think he's going to catch more balls. I think that they realized when Jeremy Hill got hurt that he was their best – like pound it running back left and so they used him in that role i think they're gonna try to use him in more of a multiple role and damien harris in a multiple role like i think that's part of the reason damien harris was drafted so that they don't because if he, you know when he was out last year they didn't fill his role with anybody they just threw it to white like you know what i mean so I think they knew at the end of the season they wanted to pound the rock and they only had him that could do it. So they didn't use him in a pass-catching role at all. And I think that's going to change.
3: I never I never like anybody in that situation in New England when it comes a running back. Like, as far back as you want to go, fantasy-wise, they're all useless. James White has been the only guy I would say it was – I mean, last year was great. The year before was pretty good too. But, like, only when it was severe injuries and he was the only guy. That way because he was getting all the carries. But – I don't think Belichick, I know it sounds as evil as he is that he would think that way, but I don't think he just is not the type of guy who leaves the ball to one running back. There's going to be three, four different guys all the time. I just, oh, that's one situation. I completely try to take myself out of. I've said it to you, AZ run plenty of times. Like, I just don't want any part of it. I just rather avoid it. Don't want to deal with it. If we have anything like this past off season, you know, the minute we could, we shipped off James White as fast as possible. We didn't want anything else to do with that. This, this upcoming season whatsoever. And I think that
1: that was some of my issues with Sony to to start. I think I was pushing back originally when we were getting him last year, just because the Patriots running backs are just always a question mark. But, It's just crazy right now that he's ranked above Geis and Fournette and Aaron Jones, you know, currently on DL. It's crazy.
0: You guys had mentioned him a little earlier too, Jay Ajayi. Would you buy him for like a third, fourth, fifth round pick right now? Like, do you think he lands somewhere moderately viable?
1: He's still in the. He's still even a consideration, I guess. Uh, You know, I. I,
0: (laughs) He's owned
2: in some leagues, Kev.
1: I'm not I'm not a big Ajayi fan. Tony knows that. I, I haven't been for a while.
2: I still think he can play a role. I mean, I think he's better than C.J. Anderson and other guys that are back like Alfred Blue. I just think he's got to pass him medical. And, you know, at this point, like, where would you want him to land? Tampa Bay. I mean, everyone wants people to land at Tampa <laughs> Bay. But I I don't know. I mean – You guys wouldn't, you wouldn't throw.
1: If you get get signed in Tampa Bay, uh, uh, don't you kind of feel bad about yourself? I mean, I
3: don't know. (laughs) Speaking of Tampa Bay, I uh, was a little ticked off when I saw the draft board of your recent super flex. Chris Godwin got drafted over Allen Robinson.
0: Allen Robinson's been dropping. Chris Godwin's on fire, bro. Yeah, and Robinson
2: is dead to the world.
0: People are dude on some of these podcasts. People are talking Chris Godwin over Mike Evans. Like that's where it's at, bro what
3: where
0: what yeah what is that? Is
3: no, that, is that the same Tim Torch show that Tony that uh coach was talking about or is that the uh the old Mangold sister there's Katie Flowers talking about
2: it wait by the way that's why that's why I feel good that we opened up this show with like hey these guys won a shit ton of money because like I listen to these guys on these shows nowadays like I I'm struggling to find podcasts that have like competent people on there like these guys are talking about they're in the industry and I want to know like if they've won money and like if they beat someone other than their brother's wife in fantasy football.
0: Yeah, because these leagues are, are are no joke. I mean like every week is a fucking grind. We're losing by like quarters of points. The freaking waiver dollars are within like you're not just buying like any guy you want anytime you want. It's fucking crazy.
2: Yeah. And I'm listening to these podcasts and guys are like doing mock drafts and talking about guys that are drafting in the third round. I'm like, that would never fly. Like those guys are going in the sixth, like, Oh, I'm uh, sorry. Like, and, and then they're like, Oh, sorry. I made a mistake. Like I really wasn't thinking. And I probably would have picked this guy. We can't afford to make the mistake when you're drafting for a thousand dollars.
0: Yeah. A year, we, every year. Can we
1: just go back to the fact that, uh, again, I don't mean to, to, to harp on this, but <laughs> we just won the $2,500 league. And we have three first next year. I mean, people must be pissed about that.
2: And we have three of the top eight people in redraft. Now, four, I think it's four of the top 12 Devontae Adams, David Johnson, Barkley, and McCaffrey heading into the season with three future firsts.
0: Would you ever go for the kill shot and try to trade like two of those firsts and a player to get like New Hopkins or OBJ or someone crazy? Or would you just keep riding it until you need it? Kev, you answer that.
1: Uh, I, I, I kind of liked how we're going right now. I mean, we could do that. And then I, I, we, we haven't, we haven't tried to do it at least. It's just, we're, we're content. We would,
2: we would never do it at the beginning of the year, like heading into the year. Like if we, if we get into week eight and we need to supplement, like I'm sure we will. But I think kind of
1: that- like last year when we went and got Antonio Brown and, uh, this <laughs> in the down, you know, and, and the stretch he's, he's gone now too.
2: Yeah, I mean, hey, we used him and then we could You made to the money car. on that deal. Didn't you make money on that car? Well we 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 added him. He was great down the stretch. We traded away Robert Woods for him. Uh it was like Robert Woods in a first for him, maybe some other minor details. Uh we used him up and then we traded him to someone else for something better, and then we traded that something better. I think it was Cooper Cup. And we traded that back to the Robert Woods guy. <laughs> Got Robert Woods back.
0: That's called so, fucking uh, him and chucking him, bro.
2: <laughs> so everything's right in the world. Uh no, by nature, I mean, you know, not to harp on our on our dynasty partnership here, but we've really gotten pretty good working together. Did you just uh, call
3: that a partnership and working together?
2: Yeah, I did. <laughs> that make you does that make you jealous? <laughs>
3: it's like a stepdad and a redheaded kid. <laughs>
0: You were headed, headed for you are headed for divorce like three hours ago.
3: Is the redhead for some reason here,
2: <laughs> but no, like we by nature, I am. If forward. it's a
3: partnership, how much of Hardman do you guys own, and all of your? <laughs> <laughs> if it's a partnership, I want out of a, out of a, how, how many teams is it?
2: too, coach. Well, there's a partner and a silent partner.
3: Coach, how <laughs> many teams is it, and how many how many shares of Hardman?
2: Do we count the or- do we count the orphans?
3: Oh, oh absolutely, those are real. <laughs>
2: all right so now we're we have nine and zero <laughs>
3: <laughs> partnership huh other on there kev That's the yeah, yeah yeah i'm staying quiet here
0: it's more like 90 10 <laughs> all right fuck, fuck hardman here i got i got some random shit i want to talk about guys i want to, i want your opinion because something i think is is kind of cool um i was looking right before we started at some of the numbers um and last year, there was only 21 wide receivers that scored over 200 fantasy points. 22, I mean, Emmanuel Sanders was at like ninety-eight, so he was pretty close. Um, out of those 22 wide receivers, only three of them came from the same team. So like Juju Smith-Schuster and Antonio Brown were from the same team. Um, Robert Woods-Brandon Cook, same team kind of deal. There's one more, two. So
2: six there. out of 21? Yeah, the other one is probably Diggs and Thielen. Diggs You're and Thielen. Thielen,
0: correct. So... Knowing that and kind of extrapolating that to this year, do you guys Who do you guys think are like some of the teams that were like we could see two wide receivers getting like a quality, quality, quality season? Is there any teams that stick out for you besides maybe Minnesota?
3: The Cleveland Browns. Yeah, You're so the
0: first
3: Jarvis, one I would think
0: of
2: was yep, I agree. I agree. I, we're Kevin and I are high on Landry. You guys know that we're higher than most. We got to make three of us.
3: That makes three.
2: Yeah. We're super high on Landry, so those two would count. I mean, injuries come into play with this. So, I mean, I think there's plenty of guys that probably got hurt that would have probably fit and scored that many points. But so if those two guys are healthy, I think that's a lock for one.
0: Well, do you guys think AJ Green and Tyler Boyd could do it? Oh. Which is more you know, of a. Tyler question Boyd of D-
3: was the most effective last year when AJ Green was in play. I mean, no, when-
0: they,
2: they he was effective the whole season.
3: I do. You know what? We're not going to have this argument.
2: We're not going to look it this. up. We're not going to do a shit ton at the beginning,
0: too. I think he. he people were paying like three hundred dollars for him on waivers week two. We got him everywhere. So actually, we we won him on the second run in most leagues. To be honest with you, he he got. By it was the
3: a Saturday run. waiver pick. We picked, it. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um
0: we, we believe. I talked about on
2: the I talked about on the podcast last year. So if people were listening. The three people that were listening made money off of that
0: problem. Dude, I'm not gonna lie, that was I I would not the two year that was the fucking call of the year. That was like out, out of this world. Like you're like Tyler Boyd. I'm like, get the fuck out of here, bro. Tyler Boyd. And,
2: and then in the Mantown League, I added him in like the July or August waiver run. Oh,
0: well, it's good. Yeah, put your money where your mouth is, homie. Yep.
2: Um I think the I think the Rams again, I think people yep. are silly for thinking Cooper Cup is gonna produce right away. I think Josh Reynolds is probably gonna start the first four weeks. And I think Woods is a stud, and Cooks is a stud, and they're both going to score 200 again.
3: I got one here. I'm going to be alone here, but I'm going to say the Los Angeles Chargers have two receivers.
2: <laughs> You're definitely going to be alone.
3: <laughs> <laughs> My main man, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, for sure. Going to be a dynamic duo this year. Huge Mike Williams believer.
0: Kev, okay, you got any places you think you could, could pop to?
1: the only one I was saying was I was just saying woods and woods and cooks. I think I, I, I don't believe in Boyd and AJ. I think, uh, Boyd's numbers were inflated because of AJ last year, not being there, but, um, I mean, Ridley and Julio could do it again. Um, I mean, again, the two guys, you know, Thielen and, you know, Thielen and Diggs could do it. I, I think that Odell and Jarvis could do it too. So, uh, so yeah, so those are some of the ones I think it the, the two teams.
0: I'm not gonna lie, I might have fucked that stat up because definitely uh Ridley was definitely over 200 points. So there might have been even fucking four. So good good call on your path. Let's wait, go to,
2: I was wait, I was just in the other room, but I was gonna say I think you I just heard you say Ridley. I was gonna say Ridley and whoever fuck
0: you, you weren't gonna say Ridley. Shut your mouth. All right, now let's, let's go to the other way. Let's go <laughs> to the other end of the spectrum. So there's there's the obviously the dudes that are gonna make it. There's the fucking DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, um, Antonio Browns. Those studs are obviously going to be Wow, over you just, just admit
3: that Devontae Adams is going to be a top receiver. Right, Dude, so I don't want to just right. pass that over. That's for you coach. I can't just let that go. Uh,
0: Finally, 2019,
2: 4 years later, the guys on board. <laughs>
0: eh, still not that good of a player, but whatever, fuck 'em. So, but where where are some guys from lesser opportunities like the Jaguars or the Jets, like where are some guys that are going to come out of nowhere and get and score over 200 points for us? Does anyone have any people that are going to kind of come out of nowhere this year?
1: Other than me, Cole Hardman.
0: Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. A knife. explain
2: why I, I'd love for the world to hear why he's going to be so good. Cause I still don't get it either.
1: I just had to, I had to make a joke there. Uh, all right, so some other guys are coming out of somewhere. Um, well, you already mentioned people are high on Godwin next year.
0: I think Christian Kirk. Ooh, tell me, sell me on Christian Kirk. I actually watched a compilation video. His his routes look pretty nice. I, he's kind of he's kind of killing dudes out there. Well, because I think that
2: he's he's a really good player and he did a really good job last year. I also think Isabelle is a stub, but I can't. I mean the the past experience in me tells me to stay away from rookie receivers. So that's part of the Hardman thing and part of the Isabella thing. But um, I think that they're going to throw a ton. And I think he is the best combination of experience and athleticism left. I mean, Fitzgerald is a stud, obviously, but I don't know if he could get open as often. So I think he is going to see the volume to really explode. Um, and there's not really, I mean, I think there's there's competition
0: for targets, but I think there's going to be so many targets that it doesn't matter. Let me throw a couple other names at you guys. How do you guys feel about Didi Westbrook?
2: The Jaguars are one that I just want to stay away from. Like, I think he is a good player, but i if Marquise Lee is back, I think he could be the one. I think Dee Westbrook could be the one. Uh, missing another guy on their team, that could be cool. Elon Cole had a successful year. DJ He'd Sharks, their
0: second round pick.
2: Yeah, I just, that's a team that I guess I'll be watching in like week two. Maybe I'll add the guy who has the most targets. Um, same thing with the Jets. Like, I know you mentioned the Jets. Like, I think Robbie Anderson could explode, but I don't think he would come out of nowhere. I think a lot of people think that might happen. Another one got a big deal. I don't know what's up with that. Like,
0: Jameson Crowder's there too, so you gotta there there's not that many targets for all these guys. Herndon's gonna miss the first two weeks he so had DUI, but Yeah, he's gonna be a huge buy. Like dynasty owners
2: and FFPC are gonna drop Herndon and he's gonna be an ad.
1: I wanna add one more uh team that potentially could have the two uh receivers is uh you have Hilton and Funches having a having a good year. <laughs> Love it.
0: Love <laughs> it. That's a, that's totally on a Cabot Street brand right there, folks. Way to stay on
2: brand with the Funchess. <laughs> <laughs> Love it.
0: Um, what are some other things you guys kind of noticed from like last year that you're going to extrapolate onto this year? Or actually, wait, before I ask you that, are you guys team Thielen or team Diggs? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we don't own either one of them either. Yeah.
2: (laughs) So I would say we're neither. Um, I think, I think we would say, it's hard to say because Thielen is older. So we probably are less likely to own him. But we're kind of risk-averse in terms of assholes, and Diggs is kind of an asshole. So uh, I don't, it's tough for us to own either of those because Thielen's a little too old, and I don't know that I trust that Diggs will stay out of trouble. Do you guys? Gun in my head, I'm taking Thielen.
0: it's oh, horrible. That's a horrible take. Uh, I think we'll we'll I cut think that out. Diggs, we'll we'll cut that That's why
2: we don't own any of them because yeah. I think we're split on that.
0: Turtle, would you, what do you think is a realistic output for Kirk Cousins this year?
3: I think uh, after a successful first season in Minnesota from our, my man Kirk, uh, I think Kirk has a legitimate chance to be a top five fantasy quarterback. I think he can throw 30 touchdowns this year. I think that offense actually takes a step forward with having a full-time Dalvin Cook. I think everybody benefits from that. Um, I think they move the ball better. And I think that I think I, I loved Dalvin cook this year, um, as an owner of him in, in multiple leagues. Um, I'm still a believer. So I like cousins. I think cousins can still throw 30 touchdowns this year.
0: I was actually shocked and appalled that in a couple of the early football guys, players, championship boards, which is a redraft league guys like Kirk cousins and Tom Brady literally almost go undrafted. So it's, I mean, if you, if your first quarterback, in my opinion, can be Kirk cousins in like the 18th round, I'm kind of. I mean, into how, can,
3: that. how can the guy who has Stefan Diggs now and feeling two
2: top fantasy wide receivers have a bad year? Hey, just for the record, we dropped Kirk Cousins in one of our FVPC leagues uh, at cutdown. Where do you think he went in terms of the rookie draft?
0: Probably the third round. Third round.
2: Yeah, three twelve. Good guess. Yeah. I mean, I'll we, say third or fourth, yeah.
0: We traded up to get him at two twelve in the league where we're we only have Tom Brady. Um, but that's just because the other guy only had Dak Prescott, and we were afraid he they, that they might take him there. So Well, so we had Mahomes in that, but then we
2: traded him. So we dropped Josh Allen and dropped Kirk Cousins and had just Mahomes. Then we traded Mahomes for a first and some nonsense, which probably didn't get good enough value. Uh we ended up drafting Josh Allen back in the fourth at pick seven but side question just FFPC again like with qbs we also dropped ben roethlisberger in the league um where do you think he went we had deshaun watson and him
0: oh fifth sixth round
2: somewhere in there. He, he might
3: still be on the waiver wire
2: we redrafted him at six four. Yeah,
3: it's crazy that he'll still throw almost thirty touchdowns this year, and he like gets no love
2: whatsoever. Dude, but that's just something to keep in mind. Like, but you do Phil Rivers. It's like, you don't need to keep two list. QBs. You don't need to keep two QBs. You can redraft your guys. Like, it's a way to save a roster spot. You know, if you don't, if you have one elite guy, like obviously we're not going to drop Deshaun Watson, but Ben Roethlisberger, there's no problem dropping him, and then we end up getting him back so late that it's like he never even left.
0: Who who do you guys think? I mean, Phillip Rivers, I, I I bet you he just has a gazillion touchdowns again this year. Um, another another guy that I was I was noticing in some of these boards that's going super early is David Johnson and Joe Mixon. Do you guys think that those guys are both primed to be top five running backs?
1: I like Joe Mixon this year. Love. Love.
2: We've tried to get him, we can't get him.
1: Yeah, no, one, no one's willing to. We tried to.
3: We tried to, to trade you David Johnson today. What are you talking about?
2: No, we tried. We have David Johnson in places, but we have tried to get Joe Mixon. We have no Joe Mixon. Anyway, I don't as an
3: as an owner uh, for me and Easy Ron, I want you to answer this after me, please. Uh, I I don't think I can trade Joe Mixon right now because if you got if you have him, you probably drafted him in the rookie draft, and you know that you're going to probably what's going to be his best season yet.
0: I think it would have to be – we'd have to add a little something and get up to someone like Saquon Barkley to be able to trade him. I would not trade down, get a, get a lesser player from him. He's just a – What would
3: they cost? I mean, that, that's basically the only way you trade him is to trade up.
0: Yeah, I, I would never trade down from him because I think he could be – he has the potential to be top five next year, I think, like top five overall pick. So.
1: Well, I mean, he already had he, – He he was fifth in rushing yards last year. So I mean, he's he's definitely prime for to to, to.
3: miss. He missed some time, right? He missed
1: a
0: couple games. I mean, he dude, he catches the ball. He's really he's a big running back. He's fast. He's I young. think he's twenty I mean, three. Everything, man. He's Is everything he twenty three still? I don't, I don't know. Twenty
1: three. Yeah. yeah, he's twenty three. He missed one game last year.
2: Like, are you guys completely over? Like, all right. I mean, now's a good time. It's Tyree Kill season. Are you guys completely over it for Mixon or? Yeah, like, is I mean, that, like, that, that's the same thing that just happened to Tyree Kill, it's like, yeah, what a great pick, Tyree Kill, third round rookie pick, like, those are, that he was an asshole one time, he's figured it out.
0: Yeah, Tyree Kill seems to be a chronic uh, abuser of, like, like, a spousal abuser, though, like, the it's horrific, like, just the, the write-up of, like, when his girlfriend was pregnant, and he, like, threw her against the wall, choked her, punched her, like... It's kind of like you—you you hear there was domestic abuse, then you read it, and you're like, "Oh my god, this guy's a freaking yeah." He's—he's
3: he's the one that he's supposed to like love and care about. But Joe Mixon had a reaction to some like drunk college bitch. I'm with you, Azron.
0: Another another guy that I noticed that goes super early that I am just completely out is James Connor. Would you guys buy James Connor in the mid second?
3: I'm out of I'm out of buying James Connor. More than I'm out of Shana when we're finished, if you know what I mean. I want nothing to <laughs> do with <anything>. Jesus Christ.
2: <laughs> are, we, are we cutting that? We're cutting that, right?
3: Oh, no, that stays in. That's there. That's material. That's gold. That's how you get recognized.
2: <laughs> oh, God. Good thing no one listens, this, <laughs> Especially Shana. <laughs> Uh, I think that's a team.
3: Back Wait, to- I'm sorry, I gotta cut you off real quick. By the way, that's our intro. That little, that little quirk right there, Matt. Can you cut that out of Tony's saying we're cutting that out? Right, like that's the, from there to now when Tony starts talking. That's our intro to this <laughs> episode. So make sure you put that first and then play this.
0: I hope you know I don't have either the time or the skill to do that. Oh, that's
2: great. <laughs> uh, We're staying away from the expensive Connor. I. There's nothing that makes me think that he won't be great. Um, it's just a backfield that's too up in the air for me to spend that price on. So um, I'd rather just roll the dice on Samuels. We have Samuels in a few places. Even we have Benny Snell in a few places. Love
3: Samuel, I'm, but I don't. I, I don't Samuel. think
2: we. I don't think we own those guys because we think Connor's going to fail. I think it's just there's a little uncertainty, so we'll just go with the cheap guy.
3: As an owner of Samuel, would you trade him for a third?
2: It depends, Like, I don't. Do I need the roster spot? I mean, gotcha. I, I just. Think- I would like. That's one
3: guy you mentioned his name. Like, I've been looking in. You know, the league we all do together. Um, I've been looking in to looking to get him and like seeing what would I'd be able to give up and have to take or you know have to give up to get him and whatnot. But I would love to have a piece of him somewhere on a team where it's a potential win now for a guy who's going to have a slice. I mean, I don't get if they love James Conner so much why they forced James Sam, Jalen Samuel into the to carries last year and to touches last year. I mean, they made it a point to make sure he was part of the offense. So that's one guy I would love to have a part of, a piece of, uh, for sure.
0: You know, actually, we- I, I kind of remember what I was doing now when I was doing the two wide receiver thing. I was trying to goat you guys into talking about Uh, Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore, and having them as the two guys, and I completely lost that thing. So let's talk about them now, as this is a horrible transition. I thought, no, I was wondering, is this a planter?
2: Is this a plant your show episode? or plant your flag episode? Yeah, I mean, let's
0: let's do it. Plant your flag. Are you? Tell us all about your Curtis Samuel love. I'm
2: obsessed with the guy. I think he's stud. But by the way, I want to let it be known that we now own one share of Harvin because I felt bad and. No, people wouldn't trade up with us, so I just picked them. Don't care. You're welcome, Kev.
1: That's that's uh, that's fantastic news. Yeah, who cares?
2: That's a partnership. That's a partnership. What's a couple hundred bucks among friends, right? Um, but so yeah, Curtis Samuel, I'm obsessed with. I think he's going to have a huge breakout. He played with a quarterback with one arm, and it wasn't his throwing arm, and he. Uh, he scored a million touchdowns. Hold on, I want to look up his stats so I don't butcher this. So he had 39 receptions, which is a lot, obviously, 494 yards, also a lot, and five touchdowns. Um, but so if you look at his points scored um, per week, like he was a starting player weekly. So starting in week nine, he had eight, nine, 15, 16 fancy points. Week 10, uh, he had seven fancy points. Week 11, he had over 10. Week 12, right. he had over 10. Week,
1: let me clean this up for you. Week 9, it was 19. <laughs> then it was 6. Then it was 16, 12, 15, 12. You know, so down the stretch, you know, it was good. Early on, he didn't have anything. Um, but yeah, you're right, though, that he was. He was definitely a serviceable wide receiver for a number of weeks the second half of the season.
2: And, yeah. he, you know, he started the year slow. He was out the first three weeks, so it's hard to build chemistry with the quarterback. And then at the end of the year, the quarterback wasn't playing most of the time. So, um, you know, he's well, heading, let me in, argue. heading he into his third year, had huge growth. Like he went from zero touchdowns to seven, um, tripled his amount of, you know, yards and everything else. And they got rid of Funchess, so he's now in line to be on the field every play. He's explosive. Um, I really think he – you know, we don't like to take a lot of upside plays, but I think he could still have a, a high enough floor and explode.
3: What What is Screaming Stud, though, about this guy?
2: Like if I'm if I'm the coach of the Panthers, right, like what am I doing this whole offseason? I'm watching – I'm watching the – Kansas City Chiefs film and figuring out how the hell they got Tyreek Hill so open all the time. Because Samuel is probably one of the closest in the league to him,
0: right? Yeah, he's fast. I mean, he's, I think he's like a 4-3-1 guy.
2: Yeah, he's one of the fastest guys in the league. He's shown the ability, to, you know, to get open and, and catch routes. He's grown. I mean, I – So I, do you love John Ross then? Is
3: that, what, is that like one of the like breakout guys this year? Is he John Ross for the Bengals? No, he's, he's an absolute
2: zero. Because there's two guys ahead of him still. <clears throat> the QB is not that great. Like I don't know. that I think Cam is that great. But, but he fits still... that Tyreek Hill mold, though, doesn't John Ross fit the same mold?
0: John Ross hasn't showed anything in the end. But NFL, he didn't though. do it. He
2: just he scored some touchdowns, but he he hasn't really done it. I mean, Sam. Like I also think Norv Turner is a really smart offensive coordinator, and he finds ways to get guys the ball. I mean, Samuel had let's see, eight rushes for 84 yards and two touchdowns. Also. And it seemed like in the middle of the season, when things were going well for the Panthers, right before Cam started to get hurt, um, he scored four touchdowns in four games from week nine to twelve, and things were like getting rolling. Like I, you know, we watch a lot of Panthers here because we have McCaffrey in a lot of places, so you know, I watch a lot of their games, and it's just kind of like they're getting him the ball, and he's just you know faster than everybody else. So
0: who so- scores more? Who scores more fantasy points this year? Him or DJ Moore? DJ Moore. By how much? Is there, or is it pretty even, you think?
2: I mean, I'd say that DJ Moore catches 80 balls for 1,200 and six touchdowns, and Samuel catches 60 balls for 909 touchdowns.
1: I was going to say 20 more catches, yep.
2: Yeah, I would say – I think Moore's going to get targeted probably – I don't know, forty more targets. So whatever that works out to be. Like you guys are big target guys. We're not really target guys. Like we, we we just want you know from the beginning. I've said we're looking for guys who are getting five catches every game, and we hope they score touchdowns.
0: Isn't how you get five catches targets though?
2: Well, I mean, sure. If they're, it depends what kind of target though. If you're an outside receiver, then those targets are more contested. Like if you're a slot guy. You know, I mean, Adam Humphreys was a starting receiver for us on a few teams that we made money on. That doesn't mean that we think he's really good.
0: All right. Someone else plant the flag. Anyone else? Kev, you got you got uh, any, any flag planting or turtle? Anyone anyone that you're this year just going to war for?
1: I just won my first battle with Miko there. So that's, that's, you know.
2: I'll plant more flags. How about Zay Jones? That's gonna, I'll that's gonna, take a Zay flag. You want it or you don't want it? I do want it. Like he he improved a ton last year, and it's nobody seems to care. Um, he went from twenty seven for three sixteen and two touchdowns to fifty six six fifty two and seven touchdowns, and that's with having absolutely nothing around him. And who cares? It's like a team who didn't even care about offense. Um, so if John Brown can take the top off the defense, I think that. You know, he had 102 targets in 16 games last year. I think he might up that to, like, 120. I know you guys are big into targets. Woo,
0: if John Brown gets to 120 targets, I'm going to go fucking buck wild crazy. No, I'm
2: talking about Zay Jones. I'm oh, Zay
0: Jones. how dare you?
2: I think Zay Jones increases his targets. Um, and I think he becomes a possession guy. And if if John – I think it hinges on John Brown, though. John Brown isn't good then Zay Jones also will not be good. If John Brown is good, Zay Jones is going to catch a million balls.
0: Who else? Who else are you planting flags on? I mean,
3: I'm going to just say it again. Mike Williams is the guy that I'm a big believer in. I think he definitely is going to get more looks from Philip Rivers here. Earned the trust last year. It was still a growing year last year. I think the touchdown numbers come down, but I think the catches and the yards definitely go up.
0: Yeah, I mean, Same they're getting Hunter Henry back, so – Kev, give us one.
2: <laughs> uh, other, other
1: than me, Colton, no, I don't know. I, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm blanking on this one right now.
0: Dude, how about Will Fuller? Is anyone else a Will Fuller fan? He goes so late in every single draft, and if every week he plays, he puts up crazy, crazy <laughs> points, even since his rookie year. I mean, he was one of the last guys getting picked in first rounds of rookie drafts, and you could have sold him right off the bat so, so, so high. He, I think the problem with Will Fuller is he just gets hurt every single year. And coming off the eight, a, a mid mid late season ACL, it might take him a little while to get back. But I I'm probably going to take him in like eighth ninth round of drafts as my wide receiver four.
3: Yeah, I agree with you there. I definitely was a hater on Will Fuller coming into the league, but the guy seems to definitely produce on the opposite side of hop. And uh, but the, the injuries scare me. But if you're saying if he's a wide receiver four, you get him that late, that's a steal. I think he's gonna get off to a slow start though you you're still gonna have a chance to buy um, what's his,
2: what's his injury is he out for was or is, ACL. He, is he okay right now he's
0: was, was an ACL in like week eight nine ten somewhere in there
2: yeah, yeah so okay. he's not gonna be ready like he's the same as Cooper cup I don't think they're gonna play right away yeah but
0: Cooper um, Cup's going um you like know what I want to talk round. about you know we're
2: probably getting close on time here but let's talk about Ido Smith for a second I don't I don't think I'm not playing in my flag on him But it's someone that I just don't understand how the community is reacting because, you know, he lost Tevin Coleman as his major competition, and it seems like he's lost value since that time, and I just don't understand why.
0: Like I don't know that
2: I like him. I don't know that I think he's a great player. But, like, people think Freeman is fragile and think Freeman might almost be washed up even though he's only 26, 27. Why is Edo Smith worth nothing then?
0: We tried to buy Edo Smith in a variety of leagues, and we couldn't get him cheap. Um, I think he's a really, really, really good call, especially as like one of these like you know 14th, 15th, 16th guys on a 20-man roster, um, just as like a shot because he's gonna get carries. Devontae Freeman can't carry the ball, you know, 20, 25 times a game, and that's a huge offense that you want to be a part of. I mean, they're they're gonna be a top five offense in the league. So I completely definitely agree. Think was, I think they improved the
2: well. offensive line. They had drafted two first round linemen. And so they're going to be able to run the ball no matter who's back there.
3: That defense got creamed last year with injuries. They're going to be even better this year to help that offensive field position and turnovers. That defense is going to be, a, is gonna be a, a pretty sleeper te- defense. But I agree with you with the O-line. I think they lost the guy too in the O-line last year as well. And they still, I know Matt Ryan, I think was a top five quarterback for sure. But, but if he a, hits,
0: a, you gotta get out, right? Like if he hits, you gotta get out. They're gonna draft somebody, I think. Oh yeah, those are those are the guys you just flip quick, if in my opinion. Oh, 100 percent. But get a first, I think he's got a huge home. chance
2: to hit.
3: Like just because everything you just said about Freeman and about Coleman going off, and I honestly, I feel like every time I saw Edo Smith touch the ball last year, he took it to the house. It was a big play or it was a touchdown. So I don't. I'm with you. I don't know what the problem is. I don't think we're missing anything because I don't think there's competition there. And uh, I would still like to get him some other places. I like you know I I liked
1: them even at the beginning of last year, but for whatever reason I, I just didn't see enough of the games or whatnot. But just for some reason they just like people just don't like them. I don't know what it is about them, but I, I was actually listening to something today and they were just saying like he just wasn't getting it done, and I just was surprised because I thought he had an alright year. I mean, I had the bad team.
2: athlete. Like, he's in not athletic.
3: That's part. Of I, had had Coleman, I had Coleman. I I was I was disappointed in what he did without Freeman, and I felt like Smith showed better than Coleman did in that sense, which is why they let him go.
0: Let me just give you guys two vets real quick that I think are super, super, super cheap, like, you know, fourth, fifth round rookie pick cheap. Frank,
3: Frank Gore.
0: Uh, no, I think... <laughs> Calvin Johnson. <laughs> fuck you guys. De- <laughs> Dion Lewis and Mike
3: Davis. Marshawn Lynch. You got you to roster Marshawn Lynch. I
0: back. think there's at least some percent chance that Mike Davis ends up being the starting running back in Chicago. And... I don't think Derrick Henry catches any balls and Dion Lewis. I feel like it gets one more year. There gets more accustomed to the system. I don't think they just give the keys of the car to to Derrick Henry there. What do you guys think of those two guys?
1: I like the Lewis one. I I, I can, I I can see him still getting some touches or whatnot. I, I don't know about the Davis though. I just don't, I'm just not a fan. So maybe that's just, just, just my, you know, my take on that. But, I think Deion Lewis does have some value still.
2: I'm the opposite. I think Deion Lewis is a bum, and I think they learned their lesson from playing him last year. Uh, I I think that if they decide not to give Henry the ball, they could just give it to anyone else. Uh, Trivia question, Kev. How many receptions did Mike Davis have last year?
1: 55.
2: (laughs) You're just saying that because you know I'm trying to blow up your spot. He only had thirty four, but that's yeah. pretty pretty good for a backup running back.
0: A backup backup running back, bro. He's like the third running back.
2: Yeah, I mean he had thirty four catches and only one hundred and twelve rushes. Uh, I think that there. I I mean I, you don't draft the guy to have him sit. So, but I do think Davis has four or five weeks where you know you should start him and he produces so yeah but Tony
0: so you don't it you didn't you're like antlers didn't go up when they immediately as soon as free agency opened with every running back available they immediately grabbed for a couple million dollars a year the standard veteran deal Mike Davis they specifically went out and got him that I
2: think that's more about we're getting rid of Jordan Howard no matter what we get and that gives us at least a serviceable guy to play instead of Howard. And then if we find someone we like better, we do. And so maybe Montgomery is someone they like better. But maybe no, I agree. I think
3: Montgomery is definitely the long the long play back in Chicago. But I think Mike Davis gives him stability to come out and start week yeah, one. one and be Davis, able to run was, Davis was an upgrade they, to they Howard. We still have three Cohen caught 74 balls last year. I mean, they still but have that, ways to get him the ball if they, if they need to. So I think that
1: Davis is just... That's interesting point there, Tony. You asked me how many catches Mike Davis had last year. I, I guess almost like it doesn't matter how many he had last year because is he going to be really catching the ball there?
0: I just think he's the best offering of. I mean, Trey Cohen is not running the ball like he's getting back there. He's catching random passes and and using his speed. I just for whatever reason, and I don't even think it's probable. I think that they're going to Mike Davis is like a seventy percent chance of being like the full season, you know, starter. I'm just saying for free just like Carlos Hyde he's a guy I would say you know it's not out of the realm of possibilities that all of a sudden he ends up being the starter kind of like the Chris Carson Rashad Penny thing like maybe he's just the better running back in camp and I, that's something that you can get for free almost you can like throw the wicked the wicked lady pick and then just have that chip to kind of fall back on on your roster and if it doesn't work out you just cut him
2: no, I agree. I I mean, I I agree with that on Davis. I don't see the upside in Deion Lewis. Like, even if, like, for, for Davis, like, if Montgomery's hurt, then Davis is an auto start. And, like, if Henry's hurt, I don't think I think that about Lewis. So I'd rather have the roster
0: spot than the Lewis in my roster. Guys, is there a chance that Bruce Anderson is a starting running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers?
3: Anything's possible on that team.
0: Yeah, no comment. I don't know. I don't That's
3: something know. I'm staying away There's from. That Tampa thing? Bay. I know. I like Bruce. Everyone likes Bruce Arians, but like
2: the running game in Tampa Bay. No, thank you. I, I'll tell you, my my. What did you call it? Antlers or antenna? What what? Whatever that is that you just said that happened. They when, were antlers. They were deer. They were definitely deer antlers. Yeah, my antlers went up. I think it's supposed to be antenna.
0: I've been but, drinking, bro. I've been drinking.
2: But so that happened when I listened to the podcast. I forget who it was, but they were talking about how they went on to watch. Was it Easton Stick? Did you hear the podcast? I'm talking about it was
0: Roto 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 Underworld,
2: where they went on to watch Easton Stick, and then they're like, "Wait a minute, who is this guy?" And Bruce Anderson was who they were talking about. Yeah, because I, you know, I looked at his metrics. I looked at his. He wasn't really fast, and he didn't do this or that. But then they were talking about how they. They turned on,
0: what is it, like North Dakota State or something? Yep, and he was catching the ball good.
2: Yeah, and he was lined up as a receiver, and he was running receiver drills. I'm like, oh, God, that reminds me of
0: exactly how Arians
2: used David Johnson and Andre Ellington. And then I was like, oh, God, Peyton Barber is not going to be a stud that I think he is.
3: Did you just bring up Andre Ellington in front of AZ run
2: Did you hate Easy round of dream Antlers just go up. That's. <laughs> oh, did you ever trade for him?
0: No, it was CJ Spiller, right? Uh, I traded you for CJ Spiller, but I, Andre Ellington was another one of my boys. I, I love that. Kevin Johnson, Andre Ellington, CJ Spiller mold, the, the, the speed catching back guy. That's like my thing. Nice. The next Marshall Falk. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, is there a chance that DK Metcalf is, is the best wide receiver in the NFL? <laughs>
3: I'm loving the Metcalf life
2: I'm in
0: Metcalf or How many shares do we have Of him Kev Zero
2: (laughs) (laughs) You guys love Boom bust And we love
0: Safe And you guys win money And we just Roster (laughs) Roster bait Or whatever We just stare
3: at our Rosters right now And go Oh man I can wait for the season To start (laughs) And When the season starts We go What the fuck Why How did this fucking team Not win We We consolidated down And we have no
2: doubt That everyone's hurt Joe
3: Mixon It's like, what the fuck? If
2: our roster and your roster had a relay race, your roster would beat us by like five guys. Like we'd have five guys standing and all your roster would be sitting down. How dare you? You love those speed guys. You're the next Al Davises.
0: (laughs) You guys have anything else? Does anyone else have uh, We're right at it? We'll put put our
3: roster in that 250 league against your roster this year. Losers gotta do what? Cover the cover the team's earnings next? News gotta pay the, the dues for the other team next year?
2: Let's just make it if, if you don't make money. Cause like who cares what happens in the playoffs? Like as long as you get in. I think we're both making money in that league, don't you think?
3: Bro, we better make some fucking serious money in both leagues. Yeah, and or else there'll be no fantasy like no
0: podcasts. You guys won't be allowed the podcast. Turtle's getting evicted if he doesn't
3: oh man she's already cutting she's already trying to cut down leagues she's gonna start from the top it's not gonna be good
0: well your first mistake was like
2: getting her hyped up and then losing well, I was all hyped up she's just
3: you know she's off my You like taught
2: and, like, her the yeah. ins and outs of fantasy football are like hey watch this we're gonna win a lot of money and then you lost
3: yeah i didn't see that coming
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough pill to swallow
3: that one, that one, that
2: one hurt. Well, guys, you gotta wait till you're already cashed.
3: Yeah, but I gave her, I gave her, a, hey, Kev, I gave her the old giant speech that this is our year, this is our fucking year.
0: Well, guys, I'm <laughs> glad, I'm glad. If you've lasted this long in this podcast, thank you so much. We are, we've been back. Um, hopefully, we'll do another one of these this year. We're not sure. Otherwise, peace the fuck out.